Hi, and welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I'm your host, Jen Milius, and I'm so glad that you're here and can't wait to introduce to you Karen Chase. Karen A. Chase is an independent author and a daughter of the American Revolution with the Commonwealth Chapter in Virginia. Her first novel, Carrying Independence, book one of the three-part founding document series, is a historical fiction about the signing of the Declaration of Independence. It was a nominee for the 2020 Library of Virginia Literary Awards and was awarded number 12 of the 100 Best Indie Books of 2019. Her first book, Bonjour 40, a Paris travel log, garnered seven independent publishing awards. And in 2021, she released a new short food theme story with recipes, Mary Angela's Kitchen. Originally from Canada, Karen is now chasing histories from Richmond, Virginia. Let's dive into the pond and meet Karen. Welcome to the Tough Fish Show. I am so excited to bring to you Karen A. Chase. Karen, thank you so much for being on the show. <laughs> You're welcome. It's wonderful to be here. I am so glad you are. And I would love for you to start with how did you get into writing? Uh, I've been doing it a long time. Um, obviously, like most kids in the writing community, I've been, um, most kids, we're adults now, but like most people in the writing community, I think I was writing a lot when I was younger. Uh, but my field was creative arts and design, really, marketing design. But as I started to get into ad agencies and design studios, I ended up being the only person often on staff who knew how to write. And they <laughs> would send stuff to me because we were in these little design shops. And I slowly started working on copywriting for websites and brochures and things like that for clients. And then eventually, uh, about, oh, it's almost 12 years ago now, I signed up for NaNoWriMo, uh, National Novel Writers Month, to try and crank out, what is it, 50,000 words in one month? And uh, that book is sitting somewhere over there in a drawer. But uh, I really, it got me hooked, got me absolutely hooked on the idea of writing something bigger and better. And um, part of it was, and I, I told this story before, and it always gets a laugh, so, um, which I always like to get. I was also volunteering while I had my marketing design day job. I was volunteering at the SBCA cleaning out cat cages on the weekends. And I went in one weekend and an ad that I had spent 70 hours working on was lining the bottom of one of the cat cages. Oh, like 70 hours a week for multiple weeks. And it turned out the cat enjoyed it much more than anyone else. Oh. Um, and I just realized I needed to work on something that had more longevity and would be on shelves longer. Um, and that's kind of what drove me to sign up for NaNoWriMo, really. Okay, but I have a heart for kitties and animals just like you. So I love <laughs> that you that you have that, that special place like that. I think that that's so, so cool. But, and I also think it's really cool that you, you saw, you realized that when you saw that, then it kind of said, I, I, I want to do something more and I deserve better basically. And yeah, and it was I, an epiphany. I mean, I laughed yeah. out loud, out loud because the cat had been sick in the oh. night um, and had 
rather used the newspaper. Um, and I was just like, that's just where it's going to end up. You know, later on, I stumbled across that quote by Benjamin Franklin, either do something worth writing about or do write something worth reading. And I thought, yeah, that's probably a better description of what happened in that moment. I just was ready. I love that, though, that you have leveraged a creative background, though, because to your point, you had the marketing background, there was creative, there was writing. So it you found right. another way to to utilize the gifts that you have. It just went in a different direction than what you thought. And so right. when you completed NaNoWriMo and you had this manuscript, no matter where it was in its, you know, to your <laughs> point, it's in a drawer, but right. but it unleashed something else. So what happened after that? Um, I did go through editing it with, um, first I was editing it on my own and was brazen enough to decide, oh, I can go to a conference and just pitch this now. And of course it was in terrible shape. I mean, I, re I recognized that all these years later, uh, but I, I did go and I pitched it and classic story. I really wanted to pitch it to, um, he's a rather famous literary agent anyway. And they had a speed dating for agents where you would go into a room and you had three minutes to pitch your book and they had three minutes to tell you what they thought of the book and then you were on to the next agent. And I never got to him in the room. And later on in the conference, I was standing in the hallway waiting for the elevator and he showed up and we ended up in the elevator together with me telling him, I didn't get a chance to pitch my book. And he said, this is the first time in history that you will actually provide an elevator pitch in an elevator. Go, you have six floors. <laughs> and I pitched my book and he took it and he thankfully sent me back really detailed thoughts on the book, which nice. basically suggested like, get yourself an editor, do something more constructive with this. Um, you're totally not ready to be seeing an agent. Uh, but it was a really, guess, front-end dive into the world of publishing that way. Uh, seeing a big conference, it was the San Francisco Writers' Conference, which was huge. I mean, just hundreds of people at that conference. And, you know, I liked the community. I liked the energy of all the people in the writing world because they were, they were doing all these wild and different things and everybody daring to do something new, really. And it just was... It was also filled with enough introverts, and I'm clearly, I don't know if that's coming through yet, an extrovert, but it was filled with enough introverts that you could also wander off on your own to think about your writing during the weekend. So it was it was a fantastic crowd, and it just kind of got me hooked on the idea that, yeah, I could really do this. I... Maybe for a living eventually full time, but um, it's been mostly split for the last 10 years of writing, but also having this marketing and design and branding life. I love that. So I love the fact that you courageously put yourself out there and that <laughs> and that you were able to receive the feedback that you got and mm -hmm. could do something with it. So I know that you have a book published in historical fiction. I do. But you also wrote and published in a different genre for nonfiction. So I, I love the fact that you're multi-genre. So yes. what was it like to write historical fiction first? 
Well, it was actually my second book. So Bonjour 40 was my first book that came out. And that was, it's nonfiction, but it's memoir travel essay. I turned 40 and just got this harebrained idea to go to Paris for almost 40 days. And we talked about this before that I am totally into photography and I took my camera with me and I started a blog when I was there that was a small piece you could read in about 40 seconds along with photography. Uh, and I just put up a blog a day while I was there and a friend of mine who was the editor who was messing around with my NaNoWriMo book with me, um, she was reading the blog and said, look, here's some notes on how to do this better. And I think you need to turn this into a book when you get home. So it was my first foray into publishing. So I came home, took down the blog or most of it, uh, and turned it into the book, added longer pieces, 100 photographs in the book. Uh, and that experience was really, um, I figured, well, what do I have to lose? I didn't go into the agent world with it, really. And it was when self-publishing was becoming easier. So I decided to use it as a test to self-publish, figuring, well, if it failed, at least I would learn something. And then, uh, and while I was in Paris, I was working on Caring Independence, which was the historical fiction as well. And I had done a lot of research, but I had a lot more to go still with that book. Uh, and now the new book that's nonfiction and a short story in between just to kind of keep the pen going. But they're all very different. They use very different muscles. And, you know, in terms of creative muscles, in terms of um, organizational, understanding how to keep all the information together. You know, I think with nonfiction, you, you have certain check boxes that you have to make in order to make a nonfiction book really readable for the expectations of those readers. You, you have those same things in historical fiction, but it's such a little skeleton and you can skin it however you want, but that skin and the clothes and all the details that you put in the book, you know, that little thing, wasn't it Chekhov who said, if there's a gun on the wall, you better fire it by the end of the story. Um, <laughs> You know, so those little details that you laid down in the beginning, you have to remember where they are and pick them up later on. It's a little bit different skill set because you're crafting more of a vision in there as opposed to a logical um, kind of step-by-step -step within a nonfiction. Very cool. So with the historical fiction, to your point, you had started writing overseas, but you also... Uh, did you have some research that you had completed at that point to help you get the book moving? Or was it more of a, I want to get the idea of this story out and know that when I go back through, I need to fill in the the details, if you will, with, with using the historical fiction right. as part of that? It was both. I had done some research before I left um, enough to know when the story was going to be set. It's, it's in 1776, the whole year, um, enough to know the general highlights of the events that were happening during the course of that year and enough to, and I'd done enough of an outline before I left to know roughly what I wanted to have happen. Uh, so that by the time I got to Paris and of course, when I got back that I was writing, actually writing um, different 
passages and pieces. Very, and, very and, cool. And in order. I tend to write books in order. The, I mean, the historical fiction and the short story, I, I, I don't write them out of order. I write them in order. Okay, okay. And then, uh, and then when I got home, of course, I had a much bigger, longer list of all the things I knew I didn't know. Because every time you write historical fiction, you bump up against like, what would that hat be called? Or is there really a bridge over that river? Or, you know, there's a lot of things for you to try to figure out. So I had a very long list of things by the time I came home and <laughs> decided that I would just go embark on traveling to all the places that were featured in the book up and down the I-95 corridor here in the United States. I went to all the places, save one featured in the book. Very cool. Very, very cool. So if we can, let's switch gears a little bit and talk okay. more about nonfiction. Okay. And in particular, I know you have a workbook that is recently <laughs> has recently released, but it's really about helping an author to take on the hat of recognizing that they're the CEO of this business that they have created, that they are running a business. And it's about the branding elements. It's about right. owning that space as a business leader, as a business owner. And I would right. love for you to talk about mm -hmm. the, where did this come from? What inspired you? Just, <laughs> it's a love language to me. So share. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like we talked about, my day job is marketing and design. And for most of my career, I was working with corporations and nonprofits but then as after Bonjour 40, and as I was working through Caring Independence, I started to pick up authors as clients because they too need it, right? We need websites and we need places where readers can go find out about us. And social media was starting to take off. So there were all these components to, to try and wrangle. And as I was talking with more and more authors, there just seemed to be a pattern of confusion about what should I be on? How often should I be posting? What kind of things should I make? Do I really need a website? Do I build the website before I publish? Do I build it after I publish? Do I build it the week before I publish? No, that's not the answer. And <laughs> so I just saw this pattern of questions coming along. And then uh, I'm part of a literary organization here in Richmond called James River Writers. I joined when I first moved here about 14 years ago, and I think they had a hundred and some members. And at one point there were over 400 members of the literary mm -hmm. organization. I mean, it's a pretty grand thing that this group does. They get together every month, they have writing shows, and then they have a conference every October that they host. I mean, it's a fabulous literary group. And I got to know a lot of the people in there, went to all the conferences and started attending writing shows. And then I started putting on the writing shows. And then um, I started meeting a variety of people in publishing that were giving me more and more details about what they wish authors knew. And then JRW asked, that's what it's, the abbreviation is JRW. They asked me to put together a presentation on author branding because they saw me doing it and nice. so it was a master class as part of the conference that people signed up for to kind of learn about marketing and branding for authors 
We also did a business class, the business of publish self-publishing for authors. And um, through the two of them, I realized, you know, I think there is a there's a piece of this whole thing that authors could do on their own. And it's not so much building the website. It's all the work that has to come before that. When we talk about what is our core message as an author, not necessarily like what the topics of our books are, but what's our core message as an author? How do we manage the time between business and writing? Uh, How do I even pick colors that are going to be going across all of this stuff? And the one thing I realized is most authors, we work by outline. We make sure that we have a written plan for what is going on with our books, but we don't have a written plan for what's going on in our business. And so the workbook really came out of the couple of talks that I made with JRW and this idea that authors could work through a workbook that gives them a good chunk of education about the publishing world and independently publishing, but also gives them actual workbook pages to build a written plan for their author brand. So before they start designing everything else, they, they have a document that says, this is who I am. These are all my target readers and this is who I want to talk to. And uh, this is what I'm going to look like and sound like when I go talk to them. And these are the list of platform tools, you know, website, newsletter, blog, social media, that sort of thing. And not all of them, the ones that matter the most to their target audience and to them as a writer that they're going to manage. So they have a written plan and then they can take that to designers of you know, new designers in school who still need to build a portfolio or very professional designers, depending on where their money range was, but they all go into it with a written plan. And I figured that education was just, I didn't see a book on the market that did that well. And there are very few that talk about it at all. I love that you wanted to serve your audience in this way, that, uh, that you yeah. saw a gap, you saw an opportunity to say, let me be of service. Let me, because I tend to think yeah. of nonfiction books in that way, that the person, that the author is coming from a place of wanting to serve, that they see a problem, right. they are trying to provide a solution and that they are taking that reader on some kind of transformation. Maybe it's truly actionable steps. Maybe it's a mindset shift. Maybe it's a recognition <laughs> of saying, I'm not the only one who's dealing with this or has gone through yes, this. Thank exactly. you for letting me feel like, I'm seen or that I'm understood and somebody else gets me. So I love the fact that you have, you're serving writers by helping them see (laughs) you, you're, you're creating something so amazing here. Here is another way to help do more with what you have, this book that you have created, that here's a way to open the aperture, if you will, and to, to grow as a, as a business owner, because they are running a business. They are. And it's really, um, you know, that idea of creating something that helps others is so important. You probably know as much as I do that along the way, we hear a lot of crickets chirping as authors. You know, you send out queries, you send out stuff to editors, agents, publishers, you have long stretches of silence. And 
you know, these rejection letters that are form letters that provide little to no feedback. They're not making us better writers. Uh, they're certainly not making us better business owners. And we're having to figure a lot of stuff out on our own since publishers have really dumped most of the marketing onto authors. And it just felt shameful that we weren't really getting a, a hand up in, in this whole arena. We were just kind of being left. The, and that was the other thing that I think I found when I started working with these authors. It didn't matter whether they were independently publishing or whether or not they had agents and big contracts. They were still completely in the dark about what they were supposed to be doing in what order for marketing. And it just was, I mean, there are so many times I count on myself extremely lucky that I had my marketing background. And I don't, I don't know how some authors are doing it when they have zero experience. And I, even I was pulling my hair out a number of times going like a girlfriend of mine here and I, we, we keep saying, why does so much of this have to be so hard? And why are there a thousand paths to, to doing this at the same time? So it just, I wanted a way to kind of shed some of those freakish pieces of the industry and make it hopefully a little bit more easier on more of us. That's really cool. So, so when you are, we're constructing this book, going back to the idea of plotting and outlining and okay. writing in order, if you will. But mm -hmm. what was that like? So did you, did you already have a preconceived idea of how you thought it should work? Or did you actually uh, you know, write it and then go apply it to yourself or have some like a beta reader say, not, not just read it, I want you to work it and give me feedback as you're doing this so that you could you know, strengthen this, this, this workbook, right. this, this manuscript to be a book. <laughs> I'd love for you to talk more about the, the process to get it together. So it, it, it is trial and error. And yes, I had an outline, but it is an outline that I'd worked with for 15 years because the, the brand, the author, not the book workbook, that's the title of it, Brand the Author, Not the Book. But the workbook piece of it is the process that I was taking clients through, whether they were corporations, nonprofits, or authors. And of course, over the years, that's been honed and like that doesn't matter, but that piece really matters. So there, I hate to say it, but there were 15 years of editing for me to put the book together in about three months. You know, so it was really taking that process. And then that James River Writers program that I'd done, and I took my PowerPoint slides and the points that I'd made for my PowerPoint, along with the questionnaires that I'd built for clients and said, let's, let's marry these now. And it was uh, at first a Microsoft Word document. Well, I work in Scrivener is where I tend to start all my Big, big projects. I like being able to move things around inside Scrivener, the writing software. Mm -hmm. uh, so I built it in there, uh, moving around the pieces. You, you've previewed the book. So the, the beginning section is all of the information that I thought people would need to know ahead of time in order to, to do the workbook piece, which is basically 
why? Why do I need an author brand? Why on earth do I need to know all this stuff about marketing? Um, and it started out as just, oh, I'll just put in a couple pages here that'll say you need this because the industry has changed, publishing is changing, agents and publishers are abandoning you to managing all this, so here you go. But as I began writing, I thought, well, if I just do that, that's not giving enough information either. Now I'm abandoning them to just saying, just do this workbook. So I felt like we needed to talk about money. We needed to talk about the differences between hybrid publishers because these were the conversations I was also having with authors. And at the same time that I'm building this Scrivener manuscript, I have an author I'm working with uh, and she's new, brand new. She's, bless her, she's working on this brand new brand and website long before her book is coming out. She's in editing on her first book. It's not seen an agent, it's not seen beta readers yet. So we're working on that. And for me, it was like, so I could look at the materials I was building at the same time I was practically working on them mm -hmm. with this author and her questions would lead me to realize, no, I need to simplify that section. No, I need to expand that section. So that is why in the workbook, it's a workbook, and the first third of it is, here's the things I think you need to know to understand what it is that we're gonna be doing in the workbook. I love that so much, because yeah. <laughs> in its own way, it became she became a beta reader, but not maybe necessarily realizing she was just because, right. but, but you weren't necessarily saying, I want you to go do this. You were realizing as I'm working on this, wow, that was some good, that was some insight that I needed to refine right. or to do something more with this. And that I, I think that is absolutely wonderful. And I love that your workbook does go into the business, the, the business details of yes. being uh, running running this business too, that it is, it talks about time. It talks about how you're scheduling your time when basically, when are you working on your business versus in right. your business, those kind of delineations. And I really, I'm really glad that you have that. I think that to your point, it is a valuable resource. Thank you. Yes. I mean, it was, um, that was the other thing that was happening with this author, but it happened with other authors before is that conversation that uh, and I use the phrase in the book quite a bit that I am the boss of me. Uh, this is my author business and I am the one in charge. I'm the CEO here. So I make the decisions about when we move books forward. I make the decisions about who stays in my sphere and who goes. I make the decisions about whether or not I have that money to put toward that project now or not. And so much of this industry, in addition to the silence, is about rejection. And it's very frustrating to see so many authors like begging and hoping and pleading and trying not to, you know, bother an agent and trying not to, you know, push people in the wrong way. But we're the creators. We're the ones making the projects. We're the ones making the actual book that the readers connect with. And we earn the least. We have the least amount of power. And 
traditionally we've had the least amount of power and you know we're the last ones that get the check but we should that in my head should all be flipped we should be the ceos of our corporations and you know if an agent's not calling you back when they say they will on a regular basis are they really the one for you you know if it's if a hybrid publisher comes along as one did with me and say, we'll publish your book, but it's going to be $30,000. Is that really where I want to spend my money to connect with readers? I'm not sure it is. It wasn't. Absolutely. It's not. Uh, so those decisions, I think that empower become an empowerment opportunity for authors that we don't, very sel that we seldom see in this industry where we're usually on the begging end and I, and I wish it were the other way that others were on the begging end, hoping for our work instead. And, and so I hope this book gives people some chutzpah to stand up and say like, I am, I'm the boss of me and I, I'm going to manage my business. I'm going to manage my time. I'm going to be thoughtful about this. And I'm not going to do more. I'm going to do what I need to do to make this successful, which could, in fact, be less than they think. I I really really love that. And when I when I think about like to your point about running this as a business, one of those things is, for instance, when you have received a rejection, I just look at that and say thank you for letting me know. And it's kind of falling forward. And I would rather have the closed door happen faster and sooner so that I get up and keep moving forward. And thank you for the information because that also directs you to where your right fit is, but you have to put yourself out there. And the other thing that, that I hear sometimes is the, you know, the idea of selling feels, you know, it's selling, oh, that's a little icky. And I look at that and say, well, how about reframing that and say that it's sharing. Right. You are excited for what you've created. You're excited about this business you're sharing, you are a healthy individual, you are sharing and then trusting that the other person is making the right decision for themselves. And if they say no, thank you, or not now, that's okay, too. If they say, right. oh, my gosh, this is great. That's great, too. But you are sharing because you're excited. And right. but when you do that, mm -hmm. you are putting yourself out there. And the more you do that, the easier it does get. It might feel a little bit harder at times, but it does get easier. It's not necessarily always easy, but it does get easier. Right. And that's, I think, why I talk about in the book, too, about, uh, and I've talked about it with authors before, that what you're selling isn't a product. I'm not actually selling a widget here. I'm not selling, yes, a physical book is going to end up in someone's hands. but Publishers sell a physical product. Authors sell a service. We hope our readers connect with our words and it resonates with them some way. And when you're selling a service, that means you have to have those connections with your readers and you have to build an experience for them. And if that experience comes through your website and through your materials and through your interactions at writing conferences and it, uh, Eventually, you know, once you're published with your interactions with your readers at events and, and different presentations that you're doing, those types of connections take 
excelling out of the equation. Suddenly, you're having a conversation with someone like I'm having one with you now. It's not, this isn't about selling. This is about a sharing of ideas. And that is more what writers are trying to achieve with their writing, isn't it? And we're trying to, I think all of us are. Absolutely. Karen, I have loved this conversation. Thank you so much. (laughs) Speaking of sharing, would you kindly share how people can connect with you and where can they get your books? Right. So the best place to connect and the best place to start is at my website. It's karenachase.com. Make sure you use the A. There are a couple of us, uh, Karen Chase is running around the world. Uh, So karenachase.com. My books are all there. Uh, Brand the author, not the book, is going to be out starting May 15th. Very, very cool. Karen, thank you so, so much for being on the show. This has been so much fun. It is. You have fabulous questions. So thank you. (laughs) Thanks for listening today. I'm so glad you were here and know there were some valuable nuggets shared to keep going, keep writing, and keep sharing your work. I'm a big believer that if you have a book that's in your heart to write, then there's someone else out there who needs to read it. Your story needs to be shared, so you have to write it and get it out into the world. Until next time, keep swimming upstream while going with the flow and get your book into the world. To learn more about Tough Fish and jump into the pond, visit jennifermilius.com forward slash tough fish.